So in this first uh, Sunday of Lent, uh, we have the, the gospel of Jesus being tempted in the desert. And there's a lot, a lot in this, a lot that we, we could unpack, because each day you and I experience a lesser version, probably a lesser version of what we read here in the gospel. Basically, each day, each one of us is tempted. Temptation is around us constantly. Uh, there's like there's a constant battle going on around us again whether we want it or not whether we realize it or not whether we're actually fighting or not it's still going on around us so each day we're always tempted to be less than we can be sorry to, to, to phrase it so so broadly but uh, the enemy is very good and how, how does it work okay so we have Jesus here in the desert now he waits until Jesus is, is physically weakened Okay, so after 40 days of fasting, Jesus, I, I, after four hours of fasting, I think I would be absolutely wrecked. Never mind 40 days. If I skipped breakfast, I'd be like a bear by lunch, you know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, 40 days. And it's just, it's just it's so, uh, St. Luke just writes it so kind of bluntly or nonchalantly almost. Uh, during this time, he ate nothing. And at the end, he was hungry. <laughs> I'd, I'd say so. I'd say he was, yeah. So I can imagine Jesus is absolutely starving. So when he's a little bit weakened, that then is when the enemy approaches. Now, the first temptation isn't even that bad, right? The first temptation isn't, you know, kill someone or maim someone or hate someone. The first temptation is turn this stone into a loaf. It doesn't even seem like a sin. Everybody actually, it's strictly speaking, it actually isn't a sin. It's not even a sin, Right? So just turn the stone into it. You're hungry. You've been fasting. Do a little shazam and you've got to uh, uh, turn this stone into a loaf and you can eat. What's the problem? So, like the, as I said, the temptation here is really, really subtle. So what is the temptation? Well, the temptation, Jesus' purpose of, of being in the desert was, uh, again, to renounce uh, the body in favor of something better. This is, this is like our kind of guiding principle, or should be our guiding principle, uh, th through Lent as well. When we give something up, it's not because the thing we're giving up is bad, like food or chocolate or whatever it may be. We give something good up in order to attain something better. So it's not just kind of mortification for mortification's sake. It's not just we're bad and we're mis we should be miserable and we should push ourselves down and renounce ourselves. No, we open ourselves up to something even better. That's the point. That's the point of Lent. You give something up in order to receive something better, i.e. God. So this is what Jesus was doing. So this is because all of this happens, all of this uh, fasting in the desert and all this ha happens before he begins his ministry. So he's preparing himself for his ministry. He's preparing himself now by fasting and prayer to go out and, and then everything that we know uh, will, will, will start to unfold. The miracles, the healings, the teachings, and then his passion, death, and resurrection. So the, the temptation isn't so much here to eat, but to deviate from, from what God has called you to do. This is, this is a period of, of fasting. So fast. Okay, so it wasn't, as I say, it wasn't even that, that bad a temptation. Now, the, the next temptation then, this, this gets a lot more sinister, uh, where he shows them all the kingdoms of the world and says, worship me and I will give you them. Now, that's obviously, that's much more blatant worship satan holy cow like that's 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 fairly obvious that's a fairly obvious one and uh, then jesus responds quoting scripture you must worship the lord your god and serve him alone and finally in the last temptation he takes him to the to the top of the, the temple in jerusalem says throw yourself off 
And then he says, like this is Satan saying, for scripture says, scripture says, Satan is now quoting scripture, right? Scripture says, he will put his angels in charge of you to guard you, and they will hold you on their hands lest you hurt your foot against a stone. So we have actually, as I say, the, the enemy, the devil, using scripture against Jesus. Incredible kind of an idea, right? So, so the enemy here, what we're, what, we're, what we're learning from him is that he's smart. Waits till we're weak, finds what may appear to be our, our weak spots and goes for them. Okay, I remember hearing it described once as a, as a good boxer. If, if during boxing, uh, a boxer lands a good punch and say he cuts you over the eye, that's where he's going to go for for the rest of the fight. Once he's, once he's, once he's injured you somewhere, that's it. That, that, that's then your weak spot. That's where he's going to try and go for for the rest of the fight. So same with the enemy. The enemy spots what our weaknesses are, and that's what he'll go for. And his temptations vary an awful lot. I just want to cover a few little things, and then we'll cover a few little kind of remedies to them as well. So the enemy is very good at either pushing you too far, pulling you back, or not now. Right? So pushing you too hard. Uh, our faith... In, in the catechism, it's so often described, right, as having things ordered. So a disordered desire or a disordered uh, affection or a disordered passion. So in our faith, things are supposed to be ordered. Having passions, having desires, these, these can be good things. Having the desire to be loved is a good thing. Having the desire to love is a good thing. Having the desire <clears throat> to be successful isn't necessarily a, a, a bad thing. It's when it becomes disordered, when that becomes your priority, over everything. That's when things start to fall apart. So the enemy tries to disorder our priorities. Okay? So in that way, he'll either push or pull or tell you it's the wrong time. So push, make you work too hard. Make you work so hard you never see your kids. Make you work so hard at your appearance that you never have time for prayer or your family. Make you work so hard at, uh, at sport, for example, that, that your, your family life starts to suffer. Make you just Push, 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 keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Never stop. Or he can do the opposite. You've done enough, relax, relax, you're all good, all good. And then you start to fall short of your responsibilities. So you, you do less than what's required of you, whatever that may be. So you just, that's a very common temptation these days because with smartphones and technology, it's very, very easy to entertain ourselves for hours on end just to watch to binge watch videos and movies and series and all that kind of thing. So we, we're, we're very easily spoiled, very easily pulled into that temptation of, of just take it easy. Uh, and then there's a not now. The not now one is a kind of a subtle one because in your heart of hearts on occasion when you're at home, <clears throat> you might feel the, the desire or the, maybe the prompting of the spirit. Would it be good to pray? And I think... The enemy often knows. If he were to say to us, no, don't pray, you'd, you'd be kind of startled. <laughs> you know? You'd be kind of, ooh, well, if he's going to say it to me that way, maybe I should pray. <laughs> Sometimes you know, the, the ugliness of a temptation could actually motivate you to pray. You, know, you watch horror movies, maybe you're more inclined to pray afterwards. Isn't that right? <laughs> um, so if you, were to, if you were to tempt us that way, like if we were to see the ugliness of Satan, like if you were just to see him, just an absolute like, personification of hatred, I think you'd pray. I think you'd drop to your knees. So he doesn't, he doesn't come to us that way. So often the temptation is just, not now, later. Be fine, be fine later. 
that, and you can apply that then in different scales. Like say, for example, I, in the evening, <coughs> I have a half hour free. I could spend it on the internet looking at rubbish, or I could actually pray a rosary for, for peace in the Ukraine, or peace in my own family, or peace in my own heart. I could do something useful. But then you'll, you'll, I guarantee you, if you ever spot, you'll, it's, you, I guarantee you this will happen. You'll hear that little voice as well, ah, not now, not now, later, later. You know, you've had a hard day. Watch a couple of videos first, then get the dinner ready, right? And then, we'll, we'll, yeah, be grand, be grand. You'll get to it later. And later never comes. I mean, we all, this, this is my daily life, okay? This, this happens all the time, like when you, know, you have a little free time, I could, I could pray, yeah? Or I could get a couple of things out of the way. And then you have to, like, what is the Lord asking of me? What is the Lord asking of me? Is, uh, this, this temptation of not now is very, very common. So, so as, as I say, pushing, pulling, or, or not now. Very, very common temptations. And another way temptations etch their way into, into our hearts is by starting small and increasing incrementally. So I was talking to uh, a man who was working in an office, and there was a, uh, an attractive secretary there, and he said he found himself talking to her more than he knew he needed to, as in more than was just kind of strictly required or necessary for, for, for business, which isn't exactly, it's not exactly sinful, yet kind of, it depends. It depends on the intention. What's the intention here? Why am I doing this? Because I find her attractive. Okay. And what? You are a married man with three kids. What's the goal? What are you trying to do here? Right? And he said, it, just, it was just little things, just little things where, you know, she was walking past and he was on the phone, so he just kind of held the phone up slightly and just took a couple of pictures of her. Sorry, this, this wasn't, obviously it wasn't me. I feel even weird describing this, but, <laughs> but just took a couple of pictures of her, you know, and then maybe a couple of pictures of them together. So then at home, like, you know, he's got pictures of this attractive secretary on his phone. I mean, has, has, has a major sin happened yet? Externally, no. Externally, no. Internally, it's growing. And then like, there's a lot of occasions then to, you know, play a bit of doubles tennis together or the little social events and you end up spending most of the, the night talking to her. And he said, I just feel this, just this, this affection, this desire actually growing until, yeah, on one occasion he asked her out just for, for a meal, or just, you know, just, just to see how things are, see how you are, spend a bit of time together and uh, fell into adultery. And then that, that began, then once that started, then it, that, it, began, it became a, a more regular occurrence. But where did it start? It started with that first compromise. Like Jesus says, like it's the, he was, who desires a woman lusts after her has already committed adultery in his heart. So, so sins, the temptation is often an incremental thing. It starts small. It starts small. And then it becomes something more and more distant from what we were called to do, what we were called to be, how we were called to fight. So, just briefly, uh, it's a big book, I won't be quoting much of it, uh, but two things. Number one, in temptation, uh, St. Francis of Sales teaches us that temptation is actually an opportunity to grow in virtue. So the Lord allows these temptations in order to allow us to grow, because when we have to fight, when we have to resist something, we grow. So, St. Francis Sales writes, no matter what temptations may come to you, and no matter what pleasures accompany them, as long as your will refuses consent, not only to the temptation, but also to the, the pleasure of the temptation, this should not disturb you because 
since you did not offend God by them. So as long as you resist it with your will, you haven't offended God. Which means temptations are allowed as an opportunity to grow in virtue. It's how you practice virtue in this context of, of, of temptation. So it's not that God has forgotten you at all. It's, it's an opportunity to grow. And we have those opportunities on a daily basis. So in our daily lives, in our daily battles, uh, in order to resist temptation, uh, it's, it's hard to phrase it in another way. We need to pray. We need God's help. So turning to God in prayer on a daily basis in order to help us fight our temptations, this is essential. There's, there's no other way around that. Because these temptations, they're, they're of a spiritual nature. They're, 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 they're occurring to us to damage our soul. God sees them as, as an opportunity for us to grow in grace. So if we're going to grow in that and grow in virtue, then we must be attached to the source, which is him. And then, as we said, like the push, pull, and not now, to recognize the balance that we need in our lives, the balance of friendships, balance of, of leisure and labor, keep our lives balanced. And then recognizing the, the incremental nature of temptation, cut it off at the source, cut it off at the beginning. I remember uh, meeting a man not so long ago who said, uh, uh, it was actually it was, it was around Christmas, and we got a donation of a bottle of whiskey. So I offered it to him because I don't know what I would do with it. Uh, so I offered it to him. He said, no, 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 Father, I don't, I don't drink. He said, and then he's, he just said somewhat embarrassedly, he said, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. And I said, oh, I, just, I didn't know that. Um, and he said, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm dry now for 20 years. I said, you're, you're, you haven't drank for 20 years, but still call yourself an alcoholic. I said, my hat's off to you. Like, that's, that's incredible that you have had that willpower for 20 years. And yet he knows that the next fall is only one drink away. You know, but that's the kind of determination. Don't even start. Don't even let that first sip cross your lips. Otherwise, slippery slope. That's determination. Like that, that's, that's growing in virtue every single day. So we ask the Lord in this season of Lent to help us to recognize the opportunities that our temptations give us to grow in virtue. When we feel tempted, Lord, May we grab on to you until the storm passes. Amen.